privileged few plus you know who how the other half how the other half lives i'm on the way up i'm on the way down it's a good thing we met in the middle for me the and i'm your co-host tony williams the second this podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's introduce our special guest for this week. So this week, we have my best friend joining us on the podcast. So Derek, introduce yourself. My name is Derek Ford. I am the best friend of... Tony Williams. Oh, you're so formal. I, I yeah. have to be. I am. This <laughs> who I am. Uh, do you have social media or handle for people can find you out in the web? Yes, on Facebook, I'm Derek.T.Ford. No, Derek Tremaine Bryant Ford on Facebook. On Instagram, I'm DatBoyDeacon. And on LinkedIn, I'm Derek.T.Ford.com. That is so business of you, mm-hmm. which works out perfectly. Because we wanted today's topic is all about non theater people, non theater people or non arts people interacting with artists, and how things that seem perfectly normal to dancers and to actors are not exactly normal to the rest of the world. Um, so I kind of want to talk about like being friends with non artist friends. The so the first topic that kind of came up in mind was like scheduling. So like as a freelance choreographer here in the city. My schedule can change on a weekly basis. If I'm lucky, I like know my schedule for the month. Maybe the semester, but like a semester's pushing it. Like I roughly know for the semester, but like literally it was me today that told my kids like, oh yeah, you know Columbus Day is next week. We don't have school on Monday. And they were like, oh wait, we don't? Because they wanted to keep working on a project for next week. So my question to you is, why is that normal? Why do you feel like that's weird to not know your schedule? I think it's because, you know, me as a business person, uh, 8 to 5, those are our standard hours of business. Like 5 p.m. in the business world, things stop happening. They stop moving. So for us, there's really no need to work past 5. And even in the event, my boss will say, oh, I need, to, I need you to stay to 5.30 or 6. I'm like, I'm sorry? You need me to, you need, you need me to do what? That's, no, so, wait. that's no, wait. so normal for us. We're, we're going to happy hour at the bar across the street. Like, it, it, happy hour ends at 7. You want me to stay more? We miss an hour? It's just something that we can do to, 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 to modify. I came in early tomorrow. These are the type of conversations I would have. Please, that's not. Yeah. Never. Even in, even in a school setting, like, you right. know, I'm fortunate enough to teach full time now. And so I know my hours, which is great. And I have set hours and I have set vacation days and all of that. But even being in a school, like, I literally was texting my friends the other day. And I was like, I don't understand people who can just up and leave and go on vacation in the middle of September for two oh, weeks. Yeah, like, never... don't you have a job? Or like the people who are like, oh, well, I'm at like a bachelorette party or a bachelor party like every weekend and their destinations. I'm in Nashville, then I'm in Bermuda, then I'm in California. I'm like, regardless of financial like needs for that, I'm just even in a school setting, even having a... I'm employed by the school. I have a salary. These are my yeah. dates. I can't just be like, I'm going to take two weeks of vacation. Like, that's just, like, not something. Not or I know one option. girl who works in marketing 
for real estate and she will just like post sometimes on Instagram that she's just like yeah went to the gym for like this like hour and then I'm gonna take lunch for another another hour after and then I guess I'll go back to work but maybe I'll just go home I'm like how? Or, and the thing of it is, it's like Derek Austin has a schedule like that where he's like, oh, I can kind of work from everywhere, like, as long as I get everything done. And I'm just like, no, I have to be at the building, like, on time. Like, I can't, like, or, like, again, I've had a poor where I've had classes start at, like, 4 p.m. or, like, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had classes start at night. Or especially if we go into the theater world, like, the earliest curtain time I've ever seen is 7.30. Yeah. Maybe 7 if it's a longer show. So, like... When I was, because there was a time when I was teaching and I was in a show here in the city, which is actually kind of common for me in the city. But this one particular time is that I had a class that started at nine, show went up at eight. So like show went down at like 10 p.m. So like there was like, that was my, I was working all day. Like I was literally like yeah. not doing anything else but like show and work. So like when you're like just five o'clock, I yeah. went home. Well, that was the same thing last no. year. Last year I was teaching and did a show. Um not in school with an outside theater company and I would literally work all day Uh at school teaching class and then I would go to rehearsal at night or on the weekend and it's like well you know when you're trying to still do that type of stuff it's like yeah I'm at the will of like well when's your we have to okay Danielle when are you available what's your free time I'm available at night great so now you have rehearsal or not even that it occurs to me like Derek and a lot of business people, they just work Monday through Friday. It's like the idea of working on the weekends is like non-existent to them. And that's not like, yeah, that is industry standard across everything in the performing arts is that you work, you're working week. Like the off day for Broadway or the dark day, as we call it, mm-hmm. is Monday. Mm-hmm. And there are still some shows that run on Monday and are dark on different days throughout the week. Just so there's always something happening. Mm-hmm. So like, not, no, like, yeah. For years, I worked on a Sunday. I worked on a Saturday. Well, I mean that going to your point, going to your point, Daniel, about the whole vacation hours. Like right now, in my vacation box at work, I have 140 hours of vacation, and I could just take those at any given time. Like, well, two years ago, I was here for three weeks in December. I just used all of it at one time. I think in the business world, there's other people that do what I do. So if I'm not there, they will go on. Yeah. The business will go on. I guess for you guys, if you're not there. Yeah. The show will go on, but there will be a lot of bitching. Well, that's what I was literally just telling you guys before we started recording this. Like, I don't feel well today. And, like, you know, it's October, and I work at a school, and everyone's sick, and I really, Mm -hmm. really don't feel great. But it's like, you know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to go to work. I'm not going to call out. I would literally only call out if I was, like, vomiting or my fever was, like, over 101. Then I would call out. But I'll show up. And I'll just, you know, periodically take my temperature during the day to just double check. It's yep. also like, I cannot have a fever of over 100 and be teaching children. Like, that's exactly. not safe. Right. Exactly. So, and I will, you know, I'll do what I can because it is true. It's like, if I'm not, and especially like in a situation, like in a school type in, setting. In a school type setting, especially my school type setting, there are no substitutes. And again, I teach dance. So even if there were substitutes, no one's teaching my class. Same. So if I'm not there, that means the kids don't have my classes, which means their homeroom teachers don't have a prep, which is when they spend grading and prepping for the next thing. And then everyone gets really mad. And they're like, oh, Danielle, like you weren't here today. We lost a prep. And it's like, okay, but oh, I had a fever of 102. I will, I will get text messages. Because like, I had this happen as where like I was, it was one of those mornings I woke up I had a migraine, so like blind, I could like I couldn't do light at all. So basically, yeah. 
I dimmed the light on my phone so I could send a message being like, I'm not going to be able to make it to work. And so when it's short notice like that, maybe there's another chance that they can get another dancer to cover my class. But some of my schools won't even bother just like, we'll throw a random teacher in that room or we'll cover an admin to cover it. But again, it's that cycle of someone loses their prep period. Mm -hmm. The kids are mad because they're not dancing. They're probably sitting watching video or they're doing more academic work and not getting a break to do the arts. So they're angry. And then I'm also getting messages being like, hey, did you do this? Did you do this? And I'm literally being like, I like just have to cut my phone off because like I, I'm sick. Like I need to be sick so I can be well enough to try to make it to work tomorrow. Right. See, and that's odd. It's really odd <laughs> hearing this because that's, I, that's normal. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I can just text my manager. Oh, oh, right. I, I do this all the time. I'm not. I'm not in the office today. They reply back. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. I freaking <laughs> do it. And that's I, the end of it. I know. So never this is so day. shocking. Like it's, it's so complicated. Your guys, yeah. it's not complicated. Because like it's technically, you know, technically we have unlimited sick days. You know, according to our contract and you oh, know, always your state always. mandate and you know <laughs> ADP always. payroll and all of that. But it's like, how am I going to take my unlimited sick days when I'm sick? I literally will go to work. And I'll know, like, okay, I woke up, I have a temperature, but it's mm. under 100, so I'll go to work. And I'll take it throughout the day. And once it gets close to 101, that's then when I go to, like, my boss and my manager, and I'm yeah. like, I so have to go I have school. a real fever, and I'm teaching children. Now what, like, now you want me to go? Then they're like, okay, go home, because you can't have a fever around children. And it's, I kind of feel like we should do a whole episode about being sick and teaching. But we might. Winter's still coming. But it's one of those things of, like, I've had to learn, like, I've had managers send me home being like, yeah, same. You, you, you can't teach, like, you're just, But you're it's not. almost like you have to get to that point where they're like, I'm sending you home, because if you, if they send you home, no one can get mad at you. And you still get paid, and, they're, but they're like, oh yeah, like, we need to pay you for sick leave. But if I, but if I'm like, I don't feel good, then all the teachers, yeah, the, all the teachers get upset, the kids are upset, mm-hmm. I come back the next day, where were you? The oh, kids love ask that me, one. where were you? I'm like, I was sick. Or for me, I get, well, you know we were supposed to finish it, and we only have one day now. We won't see you again until next week, so now we don't have any chance to finish it. Just, I, I don't know how to tell you that literally, like, looking at the sun hurt my eyes. Like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, yeah, it's a vicious cycle of us, like, you got to be at work. Like, you just don't get to not be at work. And so another point we brought up when we were kind of prepping our script for this uh, episode was we... Uh, <laughs> Whenever theater people or dancers all get together, we always talk about the industry nonstop. Or at least Derek has noticed that we talk about the industry nonstop. Yeah. And it occurred to me as he said that, I was like, well, other people do the same thing. They talk about, no, but they talk about our industry nonstop because people talk about the shows that they watch. That's not completely true, though. So as a business person, business, corporate America-ish, I work in a medical school in higher education. Yeah. When we when we get around, we don't talk about higher education. We don't talk about medical residencies or student specialties or anything of that nature. No, because I think for us, we get so consumed during our eight to five, we don't want to hear about it outside of work. So it's odd that that like the people in the in the industry, they they their lives are consumed by it. But even when they're not doing it, they're still doing it. Well, that's I think yeah. that's the nature of like we're never really off because like, it's be one it of those things of like. Even when I'm I'm not in a show or I'm not teaching, I'm prepping for the next thing. Like I just found out I may be doing a tap class. So literally in my head, I look. I think I said aloud. I was like, I don't even know where my tap shoes are. Mm-hmm. I haven't tapped in over a year. I've got to need to take a class. Like I need to re up all my stuff to start teaching tap again. I don't get to escape it. I think that's the thing about it. Like the yeah. nature of the arts is like we don't 
it's never never and not I, time to do art. I also feel like part of the nature of the beast is like there's like a lot of people who work in the arts are very eccentric and have yes. very big personalities. Yes. So when you get together with friends, there's always a story to be told. Or did you hear about this? Can you believe True. what that person did? I saw this person yesterday. Because the personalities are so big and eccentric that it's kind of like, and everyone knows everyone. So it's like we got. Yeah. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you about this person. I that's, saw. Like, well, and that's especially because like you might see them tomorrow or bump into them. Like that's one thing that I think is. I don't know. Is it the same for the kind of corporate business world? Is it like I, in theater we say there's there's thirty people, which is enough to do one show, and that's it. Like everyone knows everyone, mm-hmm. particularly like everyone passes through New York City if you're in the arts. So like, and if you're in film and television, you still pass through New York or LA. So like, there's. There are people that don't know me, but will know either someone I worked with or like one of the companies. Yes. Like, because yep. Danielle and I both have worked for a few few relatively large companies, especially on the children education side. So a lot of them either have gone to one of the places I've worked at, or like worked there, mm-hmm. or like know some, all their friends work there. Um, so it's really hard to not know somebody to bump into someone, or it, it's it's hard not to talk about it when it's everywhere. Well, I, I just yeah. noticed that sometimes it spirals out of control. Not out of control. And that's a, <laughs> oh, no, a bad choice does. of words no, here. No, 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 no. So, like, it, <laughs> it, it could easily be something that, you know, like, oh, who who directed this? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, it was this person. Oh, but no, 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 no. And then it just turns into, like, Today's Tuesday. How do we get from talking about <laughs> who directed this to what day it is? It's, it's, just, it's, just so, it's just so crazy. It happens so quickly. It's just, like, it's amazing how you guys know all of this. I guess this is your your skill set to know and have and to know these things. You do, because the thing of it is, is like when you meet people in this industry, it's rarely here's the business card oh, yes. or like here, especially in, in this day and age, it's like okay, my social media like here's my Insta, here's my Facebook. Like maybe if we like are gonna hop straight into business, we'll get an email. But mm-hmm. like you gotta remember faces because a lot of times, like hey, you. I saw you perform and blah, 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 blah. And it just kind of steamrolls it. Like, if you don't have this Rolodex of, like, scrolling people or, or faces, like, you're, especially in the dance world, you're at a loss because you end up taking class with someone and be like, or see a dance. I know that I've seen a dance style and be like, you had to have trained with this person or you trained mm-hmm. under this style umbrella because, like, it's too familiar. It's like, oh, yeah, I trained under this person and this person. It just spirals out of control again. Good word, George. I, mean, I, I guess for the corporate America sense, you know, for us, it's a water cooler reference. Like, this is a legitimate thing in the workplace around the water cooler. People, uh, um, they, they, what's the word? Like, they gravitate towards it? Gravitate. They congregate there, mm-hmm. especially in the morning for coffee. Like, it's, it's the worst in the morning. I could go in the, go in the room, and there's, like, 20 people in the room just talking. I'm like, oh, do you know this person? Do you know that person? I'm not a morning person. I just want to come and get my coffee, go back, give me the 10 a.m., then we can talk. But no, they want to talk to early in the morning about, you know, oh, for us, it's not about the outside, it's about the inside the firm. Mm. So we're specifically mm-hmm. focused on the people that are inside, not the outside, because we really don't care about the people on the outside. We don't have to interact with them. We don't have to see them. We don't okay. have to build a yeah. relationship with these people. It's just us. And networking inside the organization to become uh, to rise higher in the organization. See, with us, it's you, it's multiple overlap overlapping organizations and connections, because especially I know in New York City, no one organization 
it's rarely that it's just ever one organization. It's usually like an organization plus this other group or our partner group. Or like this show is moving to our sister theater mm-hmm. in this part of the world and country. So like it it can get very like rabbit holeish with just like on this person on top of this person or this company and this company. Because I know that like Walnut Tree and like Fifth Avenue have a connection. So like there are certain theaters that like have connections to people to where they move stuff. So like it can get very... You just, that's so weird. Like, you just have to know this stuff. Like, I don't know yeah. how else to say it. You just have to know it. But I also want to talk about um, not just having friends in the industry and outside of the industry, but having family in the industry and what mm-hmm. that means to the rest of the world. Um, I know for me is that being in the arts, I have never, I've unfortunately, like, not been home for funerals or passings in the family because, like, I literally find out because I'm like in a show and then I go you know leave the show find out messages or things like that or like holidays like uh, my family had to very quickly accept that like there are lots of shows that happen around the holiday season mm-hmm. so like people coming home coming home for the holidays it became like I love you all but the money that I would use to come home and buy gifts is like money I need for this show or like yeah. so I kind of want to talk about like what is it like when your family's in the industry. And I know you have a lot of experience with that, Danielle. Yeah, so when I was growing up, um, my brother was acting on Broadway and a bunch of other stuff, but um, he was in a Christmas carol at Madison Square Garden for three three years, I think three years. And um, that was always Thanksgiving. It would be, you know, wake up at 4 a.m., to get to MSG so he could get his costume on and then they would go over to the float and they would do the whole parade and then they would get to Macy's. Oh, that's right. Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah, and they would get to Macy's and they would perform and it would be over by like 11. So when I was growing up, those like three or four years it happened, it was either like my mom would stay home and start cooking and then like my dad would take my brother in and usually my sister and I went with him because like as a kid like it is super fun um or we would all go in and do it and then we would like drive to either like my aunt's house or family friend's house in Connecticut and do Thanksgiving with them but you know that was like every year for three or four years and then one year, I can't remember if this happened more than once, but I do remember one year in particular because I remember there was a really bad snowstorm. My brother had a performance on Christmas. Yeah. Um, and so usually with um, A Christmas Carol, they would do, especially on the weekends, they would actually do like three or four shows in one day. Yep. Um, but because it was Christmas, they were only having one show and it was like a noon show. And I remember we woke up extra early that year and we opened presents and made breakfast and then we all got in the car and came into the city and my brother performed and we watched the show and then we went out to dinner with another family whose kid was in the show and we were really close with, they're so, my parents are so close with the family. Um, and we, um, we all went to dinner uptown at Carmine's, like both of our families together. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. Like, it was probably one of the coolest Christmases ever. Like, we had, um, we, we had a lot of fun during that Christmas, but it definitely is not normal. And, um, I, like, I didn't know it, you know, growing up because I was so in it, you know, Uh. like my brother was, you know, constantly 
performing and I even did some some stuff where I was missing school I was part of this like anti-bullying uh show and the whole cast was cast it was a cast of like teenagers and we would go around to other schools and perform it out of other schools for school audiences Mm -hmm. so I did that for three years and then I also was like doing some auditions and I did in high school I did some um like educational videos and like one of them was like I I remember one of them I got my mom called me and I was at my friend's house and she called me and she was like so like you know whatever whoever it was just called her because I was a minor so the person called her the agency the casting agency and they were my mom was like you booked this video this educational video it shoots um you know x y and z days one of them was on a saturday and it was when i had a classmate of mine's sweet 16 and my mom was like you have to you have to choose do you want to do the video you know mm. or do you want to do go to the sweet 16 and i chose the video because it's what i wanted to do and i was getting paid to do it um but it was like that kind of stuff is like i think back on it and i'm like yeah that's not normal or like you know and i do recognize that i'm like i would you know leave school to perform and i would leave school to go see my brother my brother would have to do special events and my we would have to get pulled out of school early so that we could you know all be in the city so my mom Mm -hmm. could make sure that we were you know all together also because like my dad traveled for work too so he was only home half the week Mm -hmm. and so it was like you know as I got older I could stay home by myself but when I was a little bit younger my mom was like great well but like we all go together obviously see that's weird Um, but like but it is yeah like thinking back to it and you didn't realize it because see with me no I started all my theater stuff in high school so like I went from like the normal family like sports and stuff like that to me started doing so much theater and performing that like it took my family by whirlwind because I would be that same thing of there being like Wait, what do you... Because, like, we would do competition, theater competitions. So, like, the month of October, I would not be in school, like, at all. Like, mm-hmm. I like to say I was in school in the month of October in high school was not true. Because we would do Georgia Theater Conference. Uh, then after Georgia Theater Conference, which was always at a college campus, like, away from where mm-hmm. I lived at. That was always, like, a week. Then we'd have um, county competition, regional competition. We'd usually go to state. So, like, all these competitions would happen back, and then, like, our local performances and stuff like that, all that would happen back to back to back. So, literally, like, I would hand them, like, a packet of permission slips to my teachers, and at, or at the beginning of the school year, I always go, I'm not going to be here in October. You can either give me the work before or after. Mm-hmm. And they'd always be like, yeah, 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 you're saying that. I go, okay, sure. And then our principal would, of course, approve it, because we were winning. So, like, of course, our principal would put us go do all this stuff. So, I would hand them that packet, and so I would just be gone. So, a lot of times, like, my parents would play juggle being like, wait, how are you getting home? Where are you right now? Like, that's how I honestly end up having a cell phone younger than what they were, I'm sure, comfortable with. Because they just have to keep track of me. Mm-hmm. Because they're, like, my ninth grade year, our theater show was at uh, University of Georgia. So we were walking around, I was already on UGA. Yeah. I was like, what is that, 14? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So, like, and we were, I went to several colleges and universities. And granted, we weren't, like, partying, partying with them, but, like, the hotels and stuff we were like UGA's campus is huge and yeah. there was a game so like as we're at the theater there are like college people like drunk and like falling out of buses and all kind of crazy stuff like that there, that's happening so like it was just it felt normal to me until I would get home and my family would be like oh we've already cooked dinner and ate we didn't know when you were getting home like that felt always felt very weird to me or like I remember doing when I was doing my internship after college we couldn't go home for Thanksgiving because, like, I had a show the week of Thanksgiving. I think I had, like, 14 shows. Like, the 
Monday through Thursday, Monday through Wednesday leading up to Thanksgiving. So like there was no way I could go home. So on Thanksgiving, like we did a giant intern Thanksgiving where like we cooked the turkey yeah. and like, we did all the side dishes. And then like we all went and sat on the beach and like danced around. I mean, it's too cold to get in the water, but like we were like dancing around on the beach. And I like called my family and was like, oh, you know, we're headed to your grandma's house. What are you guys doing? Sitting on the beach drinking and like yeah. eating turkey. Well, I just, I'm thinking back to it too. And like most of my like, best friends growing up and still some of my like closest friends today we all met doing theater together and some of them don't do it at all they're not in the arts at all anymore Mm -hmm. um but it it is how we all met and um I'm just even thinking like when I was in high school like yeah my freshman and sophomore year I was out doing this this show that I was part of where we would you know go to other schools and perform and so, and then I, we would have rehearsals for it and brush up rehearsals. And, like, I didn't do as much of the stereotypical high school stuff, you might say, as some, as some other kids do. Like, I did go to some parties and stuff like that, but I wasn't one that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to this party. And then, like, all, that, all the kids are, you know, doing this because I, even in high school already, like, I either had dance class or rehearsal yeah. or a show or I chose to go to a party my brother was gonna like uh and by a party I mean like a theater like kid, a theater well street. not even like a theater kid show like a party for the show he was in or like a uh, release party like I would choose to go that to that versus like someone's house party because I just didn't grow up with being like oh yeah I'm gonna go to this we, house party and get like wasted I mm, kind of like we I did have moments like that but then there were also other mo- I had moments like that when I was capable and theater or dance didn't take over mm-hmm. because it makes me think of like homecoming we never like the theater department never got to do homecoming mm-hmm. really because it, homecoming always was the same time as GTC Georgia Theater Conference so like we would like homecoming would be that Saturday and like we have a show like and it like at all over the state wherever college they picked so like there was no like doing a show and trying to rush back and I remember they were like, one year, they were like, oh, we want all the clubs at the school to do, like, be a part of homecoming. Each club needs to submit someone for homecoming king and queen or mm-hmm. someone for the court. And someone, everyone needs to do a float. And they were like, oh, the theater kids always do these crazy, amazing sets. And at that point, we'd done a waterfall on stage for Tom Sawyer. So they were like, we want a waterfall. And we're like, that's cute. We're going to be a theater conference. And they're like, so wait, you're, you're not going to have an amazing set? And like, we've been yelling for years that, like, theater kids miss out on homecoming mm-hmm. and mind you our friends and band across the hall are like performing at homecoming but like yeah we could never go because like we couldn't get there so like one time i think one year my friend Aaliyah, who's actually a dance teacher here in the city now mm-hmm. she was on homecoming court and they kind of low-key was like you're you should be at homecoming we're like oh so she won so literally i remember a parent was like we we're pissed because we wanted the later show time, but we had our show at like 2 p.m. on a Saturday. And like she wrapped the show, stripped off her costume, and like got in a car and gunned it back home to like make it there in time. And we were watching, like, we watched a video feed of them, like, of her like going through all that stuff just because it's like we we couldn't be there because it's like the rest of the conference is still happening. So, mm-hmm. like, when yeah. that, that crazy theater stuff wasn't happening, then it was nice to be, like, a normal kid, but, like... Oh, yeah, I mean, don't be wrong. Like, I definitely had my times, but, like, by no means was were we, like, this crazy, you know, acting family. We weren't, yeah. but there was there were moments in a couple of years where, like, there were things that would happen where I was, like, this is normal, this is part of my everyday life, and then thinking back to it and listening to, like, 
friends or my boyfriend yeah. talk about like middle school and high school, I'm like, yeah, no, like there, I had, my family had other stuff going on. Like we, you know, we, we there was just sure. other stuff. And or, or I just remember my, like, so when I was in high school, my sister was also in high school at the same time. We shared a year together. I would like finish rehearsal and be like dead to the world. And then like my parents, I'd be like, when are you picking me up? Well, who's picking me up? They're like, oh, we're at the gym for a game. And I was like, crap. So like, I would like go to the gym and like, do whatever homework I can, but like, I would like fall asleep in the bleachers mm-hmm. because I'm like, I know this is like a normal sports thing. Everyone goes, but I'm like, guys, I've, <coughs> excuse me, I've just been tapping for four hours or we just did two runs of the musical. Like I'm ready to like go to sleep. Yeah. And you want me to be like here for family time? No. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. I, I think that's the unique perspective here. Both of you guys talk because for me, it was the exact opposite in the sense of, I, in middle school, took most of my high school credits. So mm-hmm. by ninth and 10th grade, I had really nothing to do. So oh, I was just taking- party. No, 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 I was taking elective courses. Mm-hmm. But I was doing things like, uh, like team reproduction, like one, two, three, and four. I was doing all, I was taking like uh, ceramics. I mm-hmm. took art. So I was taking all of those, I was on this path of like fine arts, but my parents didn't understand it. So what happened was that it was like, why, like my report card, why are you doing all of this, all of this, all of this stuff? Like, we what don't is this? Understand. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't understand what this means. So they're like, oh no, we, we have to get you in some, some other thing. So I started to do ROTC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I started to do culinary arts. Um, I did business courses. So for me, I, I won't say that I was robbed of, of an opportunity necessarily, but I felt as if that. I probably would have been on a different path if I was allowed to explore those things in high school to really identify if I like them or not. Mm. And it's true because like I also because it's a mental it's a life shift like that. It also took my family a while to like adjust to me being like I'm doing theater stuff or dance stuff, which is all day. Like a dance competition is literally all day. Like that is that is that is your Saturday if you're doing it. Mm. So like. When I would go to events and stuff, I would literally be gone all... I would be gone at, like, 6 or 7, no. 6, sometimes 5 in the morning, and just be gone all day and get home late at night, and they'd be like, oh, we haven't even seen you, because I would come home and crash. So, honestly, because of that transition, I wasn't allowed to do anything during the summer. Like, the summers, I couldn't do anything artsy, because my parents were like, we're, like, we're at our limit with the school year. You're doing so much stuff. Like, you've got to stop ripping and running. So the summers, like, they made me be a normal kid. Or the, I tell you that, the only time they didn't was when I first started learning tap. I, I still did, like, tap lessons mm-hmm. at the school during the summer. They still let me do that because we knew we were doing a tap show and I wanted to audition for it. So, like, they got my tap shoes and I was able to, like, build into it. But it was definitely one of those moments where they were just like, this this is my far too much. My parents were really good. So my parents did not grow up in the industry. They had nothing to do with it. And it was like there's this weird fluke how my brother got involved in it. Kind of kinda of weird fluke. My mom basically like noticed like he would like hum to songs like sing like Disney songs when he was really young. And my mom noticed like she did like choir in the school musicals like growing up and she noticed like she was like wow he can sing. And there was a show happening near us and my mom was like I'm going to have an audition. Like, why not? You know, because yeah. my mom my mom loved this stuff. Like, my mom yeah. never did it, but, like, she did, like, choir in the school musicals, but, like, she loved Broadway. Yeah. And she, like, she put me in dance when I was little. Like, she loved stuff like that, but she was not a stage mom whatsoever. Mm. Like, at all. Like, she never even thought for a second yeah. that, like, professionally doing it as a kid was an option. 
And it was just like this little community theater. And they told my mom, like, he's too young for this role, but he has a voice. Here's a number of a voice teacher who teaches in this area. She's really great if this is something you're interested in pursuing. And so my parents called her and she met him. And I will never forget she said this. And she doesn't forget either. Like, we, I still see her. I still work with her with stuff. And we, we, um, we talk about this. Like, within the first week of meeting my brother, she turned to my parents and said, he's going to be on Broadway within six months. And lo and behold, <laughs> six months later, he signed a Broadway contract, his first Broadway contract. I mean, she also, this, this voice teacher, she is just a genius at what she does. I don't even understand how she does what she does. But, um, but my parents are always really good. And then I took dance since I was really little. And then I would start be, I started when I was about like 10 being like, I want to do musicals. Like I want to be in a rehearsal. Um, so my parents let me do, you know, youth theater and community theater, but it was always like, what do you want to do? Like, I explicitly remember being in elementary school and I was like, I was in Girl Scouts and I was taking dance Boy Scouts. and hey. I was taking karate and I wanted to do softball. Mm. And I remember having my, my parents having a conversation when I go, you can't do all of them. And honestly, because yeah. of the way that the schedule is, it would be between dance and softball because they were like, you take karate once a week, it doesn't conflict. Girl Scouts is once a week, but if you want to take these three dance classes, three times, like, you know, yeah. three times a week taking a class and softball practice, like, it's going to conflict. And I was like, I want to do dance. And it was always an option. And even with my brother, it was like, it was always like, do you want to keep doing this? Is this something yeah. you want to do? Like, they were really always good about that. They were also really good about, like, not pushing projects that were appropriate. So, like, I remember... He, his, like, manager submitted him for a movie that I believe is on Netflix, actually. You can Love find that. it. Um, and it had to deal with, it's kind of like a, I think it's supposed to be a black comedy, to be honest. Mm. Um, and the title, because I won't forget, the title was Satan's Little Helper. My parents were like, um, and my parents are also Catholic. So they huh. were like, can we have this script? Yeah. And so they sent them the, my parents a script. My parents read the script and they were like, you know what? No, like we're yeah. just not comfortable with this. Like it has to do with Satan. Like we're just not into it. We're not letting him go on the audition. Versus like, I, oh, I know, like we know, like we know the, the kid that ended up doing that part. We know him very well. And that, yeah. And that, that's what came from that was mom being like, well, he just needs to be in a movie. Oh. So my parents were really good about, like, they were never stage parents. They asked us what we wanted oh, to God. do. Definitely didn't have stage parents, but my parents were definitely, like, they were always, like, it started with, so the drama teacher's daughter played basketball with my sister, and they were doing the musical Fame, and they wanted to create the, the guy dancer in it as a black character. They wanted to do dreads for his hair. My sister mm -hmm. knew how to do it. So my sister did the braids for them, and she got a free ticket to Fame. I was in middle school at the time. I was in eighth grade at the time. And so she was like, hey, I have extra ticket to fame. Do you want to go? And I was like, I don't really care. Sure. Uh, so I saw my high school the year before I went do fame. And I was like, people are singing and dancing. This is amazing. Prior to that, I was a part of every club in middle school. You name it. I was like, my middle school yearbook, it's like every fo club photo, it's just, you see me in different spots. Because I was like, I'm going to move around in the book. Because like, I uh -huh. lose. And, but I, basically. <laughs> And my dad was the one that was like, when you get to high school, you need to find your thing because, like, this being a part of every club is just not working. Like, you're all mm -hmm. over the place. And then I auditioned for the fall theater show, which was a play that year. 
did that, hooked on it ever since. And then, like, I remember when it came time for basketball season, I wanted to try out. And I, I actually did do tryouts, but I had, like, I had to go to him and be like, hey, so I'm leaving to go to theater conference, so I won't be here for the second day of tryouts. I'm mm-hmm. leaving to go to this. And so, like, at the time, I was like, eh, it'll be fine. But, like, hindsight, I'm like, that was you telling him that you didn't want to do this. That's how you did mm-hmm. that. You, you know, I think another thing, too, as I, as, as, I, as I process, as I think here, is the fact that you two had, had older siblings that kind of, like, paved the way for your parents. I'm That's the true. oldest they, of my siblings. Oh, so, like, me being true. the oldest, there was no there was no way for them to kind of, like, figure it out as they go along. Yeah. Like, my other siblings, they were doing cheerleading, football, basketball. They were doing several things that I just did not have the luxury to do. No one asked mm-hmm. me what I wanted to yeah. do. It was almost like, oh, this is what you feel is best for you. So yeah, I definitely never, because my parents, literally, it was like, oh, you're doing theater, because it was essentially, they were like, oh, okay, okay, oh, wait, no, what are you doing? Because I kept, be, it kept getting more serious, that they were finally like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. you actually are doing a thing. So it's definitely, it is, and like, now they love it. Oh, my God, my mama loves going to see shows that I'm in, or even shows that I'm not in. Like, right. I, like this past year, for her birthday, I got her tickets to see Alvin Ailey, and she was like, over the moon. Like, it was a touring company, so I don't even know what she saw, because right. I wasn't in Georgia yeah. when she saw it. But she was like, so yeah, like, Alien, blah, 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 and I was like, and so I was like, surprise, check your email. She's like, what? Oh, tickets. She's happy. So it's definitely one of those type of things that we're like, they've always been supportive, but they, they held restraints on it until they knew what they were doing. And when they realized, or when they realized I had people around me that knew what they were doing, like, they relied heavily on my drama teacher, who we're still close to, you know, we see her all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she still lives back home in my hometown to be like, oh, she's actually going to protect him and look out for him because they had no point of reference. Right. My sister's an athlete, you know? Yeah. So the last topic, which I feel like we have to bring up if we're going to discuss, mm-hmm. you know, life in the arts, is dating within the arts. And so I, we all have crazy stories, I'm sure. But the first question I want to ask really is, would you date someone in the arts? Like, would you want to be, actually, let's upgrade it. Would you want to be married to someone in the arts? Would you want your spouse to be in the arts? Mine is a, a definite no for me. Like, just hell no. Yeah, no. Um, no. But that also comes from, like, when trial I Trial and error. Yeah, that comes from a lot of trial and error. Like, I, I don't, first of all, if I had chosen to continue to perform, I don't know what type of partner I would be with 100%. I would not be the person or be with the person I am today. I'm not. But that's also part of, like, the universe works in, in like the way it's supposed to and I never was meant right. to perform and I met you know blah 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 because I think there is a whole you can delve into a whole topic of people who are just performers and dating a performer because yeah. I did when I was 23 24 ish area I was starting to kind of leave performing and think more about teaching I started doing my first after school programs and I was like super interested in choreographing I'd like been in the city for a year now and I started dating this guy um and he was a actor and at first I was like this is great because I grew up in this I know everything I know all the you know I know all the players like we have so much in common but the thing is, it's exhausting dating an actor. Yes, it is. It's really exhausting. And honestly, it is all about... And here's the thing. I have plenty of friends who are actors, and I'm not trying to bash them in any means. But it does become a lot about me, 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 me. My audition. 
tapes like help me submit this video <laughs> i'm i have rehearsal i can't see you because i need my voice to be rested and of course there are the people who have a handle on their life and they want they want to be in a relationship and they're ready mm -hmm, to be in a relationship absolutely. so they're able to act you know differently but it is a lot of like you know i was only 23 24 when i was dating this guy and he was 28 years old and that's how he was acting so there is a lot of that that comes with dating an actor. And so I personally, after that, I was done. Like, if that was the moment where I was done with actors. And then I went into this whole thing where I was like, well, maybe I just can't date an actor. Maybe I could still, because part of you is still like, but if I date <laughs> oh, someone. No, I'm like, no. If I, I you know, you're like, now, if but... I date someone in the industry, whether it be a musician or a technician or a director, like, they get it. They get what I do. And I lived in that bubble for a little while, too, being like, well, they they get me. But the thing is, like, yeah. it's so nice as, as I'm sitting here, like, I, I my boyfriend, like, is not in the arts at, at all, kind of. So I'll get to that in a second. It's so nice and refreshing that, like, we've been able to build our own life and partnership together yeah. that has nothing to do with either of our careers. You know, he is still an artistic person, because he works in graphic design and stuff, but that's a different level. It has nothing to do with the performing arts and, you know, Hollywood and agents and all of that. And I think it's so healthy and refreshing to, like, we're able to have our own separate life that doesn't have to do with, well, you know, whose party are we going to? And oh you, did you see, did you go to this audition? And all of that. I just, for me in college, I, I just start crash and burn so bad with so many other people, or I tell you about the, I saw the success stories first of like my high school director, her husband was not at all in theater. Like he always supported our shows, loved all of us when we saw us, but mm -hmm. like was not in theater at all, right. you know? Or I even remember like one day he like showed up with like Chinese food and we were at the point where we were running the show and he sat on stage with her and was like running the show. And we're like, well, you know, Mr. Bob, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, it's our wedding anniversary, you know, so I'm sitting on, and we're like, if there was ever today to cancel rehearsals, today's like mm -hmm. your anniversary. Mm -hmm. And he was like, but she loves being here with you guys doing theater, so why would I take her away from what she loves mm -hmm. to do on the stage? And I just want to be with her. Yes. So I went, I got our favorite Chinese food. And so they literally sat on stage, and so the whole time we're like all on and crying. It's like, oh crap, I'm going to be late for my scene. As we run on stage. So like that kind of ingrained it in me and in high school. And then when I got to college, Another so, several professors that I really like respected and admired, like their spouses were not at all yeah. in the industry. Same now that and I'm it was about like, it. and it kept them grounded. Like yeah. that was so nice that literally, like one of them said, she's like, when I am being crazy artsy and I'm designing costumes that like are impossible, and I'm like in the shop to like two a.m. Mm -hmm. I know he's fine and he knows that I'm fine. Yeah, she missed the Valentine's Day, and it was one of those things like, do you want to go home? She's like. We love each other. We don't need Valentine's yeah. Day. Like, I need to get these costumes done. It's, so my next week doesn't suck. I just think it yeah. also, like, I think it keeps you grounded because you're able to just, like, no matter what you do in the arts, whether you teach or choreograph or direct or do mm -hmm. whatever, you're able to leave that world, which we talked about earlier and, like, you were, you you were saying. You need You need someone well, to help pull you out of it And Derek was saying, it's like, we get together and we just... Keep talk going. about it because one person will say one thing and it is true like it spirals into like well did you hear about this did you know that this is going on and an hour so <laughs> right so to be able to leave that it keeps you grounded and it doesn't consume your life and so 
that's how I feel as being still someone in the industry, how I feel about dating and relationships in the industry. Listen, some people are able, are actors dating actors and directors dating an actor and love choreographers dating actors. And right. like some love it and it works. But I think in general, I think like eight times out of 10, it doesn't work. Well, I, I would say me not being in the industry and dating someone that was in the industry was difficult because there wasn't a level of understanding about what you were doing. Like, I know that you're doing things, mm -hmm. but I don't, like, as a business person, I need to understand why it cause and effect. So there was this a lot of- This is happening because of what? There was a lot of times when Derek was dating Marcus, let's call Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> Marcus, um, Marcus would do stuff and I would get a call or message like, I don't understand any of this. Mm -hmm. What is going on? How do I break I this down? And I would have to be like, okay, well you did, you know, not trying to interfere with the relationship, but just trying to explain from a theater mindset, like point, how he feels, how and why yeah. the things happen, yeah. you know, and that's, yeah, it's, it's not easy. Because I mean, another thing too, like, let's say me being a business person, at the end of the day, when we're done, maybe I want to go out for a drink and have a surprise, a date night. I can't do you that. Can't you can't plan it. What, you, you can't, can't plan. plan it. You can't, you can't plan anything. Like how, how can relationship work if there's no planning, if everything is always spontaneous, there's no type of uh, things that are solidified in any means? Because it can be something where it's like, oh, this, will just, this bothers me, which I grew to deal with it. Oh, you know, you know, let's do this, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, I can't. Surprise rehearsal came up. Oh, I have to uh, stop. I have to stay in. We have to do this. There's only so much a person can take yeah. when their yeah. plans were made and they get canceled. And it's not that the person's not willing to try. It's just that so much energy is being like uh, given, you know, when especially uh, plans are supposed to be made and they don't fall through. Yeah, and it's and it, it happens on all levels because I think of one of my favorite Broadway actresses, Audrey McDonald. She talked about with her children. I've heard this from other parents of in, that are in the industry. Is like especially Broadway, because Broadway is a hard schedule. Eight shows a week, like you may know your schedule, roughly know your schedule, but like eight shows a week at, at night and matinees and stuff like that, kid, that's when kids are at home. Yeah. And so Audrey McDonald, honestly, she was like, I would literally, she was like, there are sometimes I would have to keep her, she said she would keep her daughter out of school so she could see her. Cause she mm -hmm. would be like, we, I would just open a show and she would spend all this time with her aunts and all like her family or whatever. And she's like, I haven't seen my own child in like a week and a half, that doesn't work for me. So she was mm -hmm. like, you're not going to school today. Again, industry, weird industry thing. You're not going to school today. You're going to work with mommy, so I can see you and check on my child. How are you? Mm -hmm. And that's what I like think about when I think of people in like dating in the industry because it happens where like two friends of mine, but he's a music theater actor and she's a dancer. She's been dancing a lot for like operas and things like that. So like they're never they're never syncing up with each other. He's like they we grab moments when we can, but literally like. There was one point where they both weren't on the same continent at the same time because they were both touring and could not catch each other mm -hmm. no matter how hard they tried. And it was like two years because tours can run forever. But like they, it was, took them forever to just sync up and catch each other. And that just doesn't, like that doesn't work. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work because... It doesn't work. Or I mean, they're, they're well, happily you know, engaged and on the way to be married. But then I wish them the best. But like, it I mean, ain't a lot of them. It, you're right. It's not a lot of them. So like... Going back to Danielle's point earlier, what if I just want to say, hey, I want to go on vacation tomorrow? You can't go on vacation. Like, you, you, you're you not able to, to, to say, 
Can we ever plan a vacation together to go someplace? How it, can I feel assured that? Because right. another thing too, like being a freelance, you know, like you know, different gigs come in. If if you're not uh-huh. here, that mm-hmm. means that you have to calculate financially what this means for the next month in terms of X, Y, and Z. I don't have those problem situations. Or even it's one of those things of I wouldn't like you. So something that like my family still finds funny is that they'll be like. And it depends. I won't audition or I won't submit for certain stuff, or like be a choreographer or performer, if it lines up with certain dates that I don't want to be working. Mm-hmm. And my True. my family still gets like, well, you should go out try it. again, being supportive and I love them. <laughs> you should go out and you should try for it. No, what you're understanding is I will never turn that gig down. So if I book that gig, y'all ain't gonna see me because I'm leaving. And I had to realize that about myself. Some people can do that. Some people can book something and be like, oh, I'll make it work. Or be like, you know, it's fine. I mm-hmm. can still turn it down and everything's fine. I'm not that person. I like I like to hustle. So, like, if I book a gig, especially if it's, like, a, a show I really want to choreograph, like, I'm not going to turn that down mm-hmm. just for the family reunion that y'all want me to come to town for. So, I'm yeah. like, family reunion where it's people that I've seen in all my whole life. Or a show I may never get to choreograph again. I'm going with a show. I, yeah. You know, so, like, when that wager happens... I just don't play that game. So I literally be like, no, I'll be there because I'm not going to do any, I'm not going to book anything around it. Yeah. Or in the reverse, it's just sometimes it's a lot of like, no, I won't. Like, I just missed my cousin's wedding this past weekend where I was just like, it's impossible for me to get there in time for your wedding and be back in time to teach Monday morning and the school year just started for New York City Public School. So like, I've seen these kids only like two, two, two or three weeks and we have a day. Next weekend's a long weekend. So they're really not, again, it's yeah. one of those back to me calling out right before a long weekend or like trying to call out right before spring no. break. Anytime there's an extended break trying to call out of work, it's not. Absolutely not. Not fun. <laughs> it's no. not. It's just not. I've been yelled at enough in email versions yeah. to not want to ever do it. Yeah. So that being said, I think that kind of wraps up our little main segment for today. So let's roll right along to our favorite segment we like to call I'm Sorry What? So, Derek, this segment is all about funny and endearing or sometimes straight ridiculous moments that happen with students or sometimes in classes that we're taking. Um, So I know mine this time around is a young lady that I taught previously always complained about how slow I was taking her in class. Like, she wanted to learn faster. She Mm -hmm. wanted to learn faster. This is a ballet class specifically. She wanted to learn faster. And I was always like, well, you don't have the technique there. Mind you, this girl was... 11 when I had her so I think now she's 12 or 13 um but it was one of those things of like she really hated how slow I took her so about I want to say maybe a couple months ago she goes oh I'm taking my mom is finally gonna let me take ballet at a studio I do not know the name of the studio and at this point I don't want to and so I was like cool I'm happy you're taking ballet I know you really like it you know it will do Mm -hmm. well for you to be in class with other young girls great job Maybe about a month ago, she posted, I'm on point. Yeah, no. Point shoes. Nope. We've done a whole episode talking about this mm-hmm. where point shoes ain't something you're just supposed to pop into because it's Tuesday. Well, what actually, what ended up happening is about la- last week, another message went up on Facebook. Well, it's a broken ankle. She broke her ankle because she was on point too soon because mm-hmm. she did not have the muscle yep. strength and the muscles tore. Yeah. And I'm not laughing at this because a child is injured. 
I'm annoyed because people don't listen. Yeah. That mom, and I told all the same stuff I said to her. I said to mom, but mom and whatever studio she's at was like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. She loves it so much. And now you're nursing a broken ankle. And again, she's young. I'm sure she will bounce back and I pray right. for her health and all the whatnot. But it's one of those things like, would you, I'm sorry. What I told you, I told you, I told you. So that's me. Hmm. Anyone else got an I'm sorry what to see? Um, I'm sure they're adorable. They did something. I know. I can't <laughs> even think. Oh, actually, yes, I do have a good I told one. You. Um, we had the um head of the company I work for, our CEO, come and visit. Stressful, but yes. um, <laughs> last week. I don't even know what day it is. Last week. And um, I she came and saw one of my kindergarten classes, which thankfully went super well. Great feedback. But, which is a blessing. They're which is a blessing. And I'm super grateful for it. But so that went well. But so she, what happened was this kindergarten class, she saw them earlier in the morning in their classroom with their teacher doing, like reading a book or doing something. Mm-hmm. And then she came by to my room later after she saw a couple other classes and saw this same kindergarten class doing their dance warm up. And this one little kid, she left, and they, like, were in the doorway chatting. It was, like, my boss, herself, and, like, a uh, donor. And then they um, they finally, like, walked downstairs. I like, walked down the hallway to go downstairs, and this little kid just turns and goes, we done now? <laughs> and I was like, oh, he gets it. He does. I was he like, does. he gets it. So that made me laugh. Um, and was super funny because he you could show, he was just like over it. He's like, we're done, right? And then he was like, didn't really want to do anything the rest of class. But I appreciate him. I mean, I'm also that person. Whenever we do get audited, it's just like, wait, I have to be on it. Okay, we're on it. Okay, we're done. I'm tired. Oh, yeah. I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Exhausted. I burned like 200 calories before like 9 a.m. according to my Apple Watch because I'm exhausted because that's all I did. Ugh. What are you? You got a nice story with? I, I, I do. So I work in medical education. Uh, previously, I did advisement of students based on what type of doctors they can become. Mm-hmm. So here's a little plug. Um, just because a student wants to become a certain type of doctor, that's not how it works. You actually have to be smart <laughs> enough to be that type of doctor. Just throwing it out there. Mm. I, no different than in our industry. <laughs> you, you have Everybody to have wants skill. to be a prima ballerina. Everybody ain't got yes, it. You have to have academics, the tactual skills, the social skills, and so, so forth. So the one particular student, he goes, hey, Mr. Ford, I want to talk to you. I want, I'm thinking between being a surgeon or being a, psych, a psychiatrist. So his scores are very low. So because his scores are low, he should really become a psychiatrist. So I spent, you know, 30, 45 minutes talking to him. And he's like, Mr. Ford, uh, thank you so much for the conversation. He goes, if you ever need any type of psychiatric services, they're on the house. Nope. I didn't know what to say because of the fact that I don't wish on myself that I would need to have psychiatric services. And if so, they're, they're not as expensive as surgery. If you're becoming a plastic surgeon, if you want to throw me some free, uh, free surgeries. Uh, also, I'm just bothered by the fact that his scores were low and he still wants to be a psychiatrist. Like, you know what? I but, mean... But no, 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 no. So here's the thing. Fun fact for you. The reason why psychiatrists are the lowest at the spectrum is because there's not a lot of um, diagnosis. 
that is associated with that. It's a lot of book work. You, you have yeah. to study conditions and you diagnose. It's not something you're reading charts. You have to know blood work. You None of that at all. I'm so like psychiatry is like at the bottom of the barrel. Not to oh. say that, you know, there is a I barrel. I mean, sounds like us in reality television. Like they're part of the industry whether we want, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And it's a craft to it. Yeah. So that's all the time we have for I'm Sorry What? Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, and we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to Derek for joining us for this week's episode. Can you give Yay. the people your social medias again? Facebook, Derek Tremaine Bryant Ford. Uh, LinkedIn, Derek T. Ford. And uh, Instagram, that boy Deacon. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners as well. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of NYC. So I can learn.